Good morning, everyone. What a beautiful morning that we have today, you know, with no wind. Um, apparently in Gordon's Bay, Eugene was saying the wind is, is blowing like crazy, but an, an amazing morning. Um, I was tempted to go to the beach, but then I got a, uh, you know, to catch some waves. But then, of course, I felt the Lord's conviction. So here I am today. Um, so, so this morning we are continuing and f- uh, finishing our series on the gifts of Christmas. Um, we've been looking at uh, the, the three gifts that the wise men gave to Jesus after his birth. Um, and of course, the first week we looked at the gift of gold and the significance around that, um, as well as the gift of frankincense, uh, talking about the priesthood of Jesus, along with the kingship. And this morning we are going to be talking about the third and final gift. Um, I want to jump straight in, and I'm going to read from the scriptures. Uh, it's from Matthew uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Uh, it's going to be up on the screen, but you're welcome to follow in your handheld device or your old school uh, pages Bible. Um, so I'm going to be reading from verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them the time which the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you found him, Bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So Father, we just thank you um, for your word this morning, God. We thank you for what you want to share with us this morning. And, you know, we celebrate Christmas the gift that was you, Jesus. We celebrate that on Christmas. And I thank you that you do an amazing work in our hearts this morning. Please share with us what you want to share and guide my words according to your purposes. And we're just excited, God, for what you want to do here this morning. Amen. So we're speaking about gifts this morning, and I'm going to come down here because I have a bit of a, a challenge uh, to get us going. Um, one of my more exhilarating Christmas memories was when we were, um, 
was kind of about this time at Christmas, probably a few days before, a week before. And um, it would be very early morning. No one would be up in the house except myself and my sister. And we would be on a mission. It would be totally pitch dark, and we would be on a mission to find Christmas presents. We couldn't wait until Christmas, and we, we knew we had to find them and then work out what was inside before. Now, the thing was, we couldn't actually do this when my parents were outside the house because they used to lock their room, and we had a problem. So the only time we could do it was we'd wait for them. You know, they, my, my parents weren't very good at being secretive. What they would do is when they do the presents, they would lock, close the door and stuff, and they'd make a big commotion, and we knew exactly what they were doing. And if we were able to strike early the next morning, we could get into the room, find the presents, and work out what was inside. Um, and any present hunter who is worth their salt is able to do two things. The one is search for presents in the dark, and the other thing is they have to do it in a limited time, because you have to do it quietly in a, in, in a limited time, because otherwise, obviously, the folks will wake up, you get caught, and the game's over. So here is the gift that we have this morning, and you might be wondering, what is this? Is it chili sauce? Is it vinaigrette? But no, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is basically myrrh oil which was the, the third gift that the wise men gave. And um, the thing about um, myrrh is, is obviously myrrh is something that is harvested from a tree. People cut a tree and um, resin comes out and then they use this resin to, to basically make a, a, you know, it basically forms a resin and then they use it in oil. Um, and during the Old Testament times, uh, this was used by the priests uh, as an anointing oil, it was one of the major ingredients was myrrh. Um, myrrh is also used as a fragrance. You'll see through the Old Testament and other places it's used as a fragrance. But what was really quite awkward about the wise men or the magi bringing this gift after Jesus' birth is at, at the time of Jesus' birth, this was mainly associated when someone died people would use myrrh as, as part of the embalming process. So, I mean, how awkward is that? I mean, you know, you're at the baby shower already. They've arrived quite late for the baby shower after the child's been born. Sure, they were following a star. They stopped to ask for directions from a dodgy king. So they had excuses, but still these guys were late. And they, they arrived, and, and then they give this gift, which was basically talking about death and sacrifice to the baby Jesus or the child Jesus, whichever, um, you know, with the story. But so what these wise men were basically insinuating by giving this gift of myrrh is that Jesus one day would be a sacrifice. I, I imagine the mother probably, you know, you know, mothers give the look that could kill if something affects their child, you know, like a quite an angry one. And I imagine... You know, they probably felt a bit unwelcome, but then she realized probably later the significance of the gift. Who were the wise men that they were this brazen to present a gift like myrrh at a baby shower or after a baby has been born? Well, the wise men, we know they came from the East and they were astrologers. A, a lot of people assume because of their knowledge of 
of the prophecies of Israel that they were part of the Magi that were linked to the Magi that were trained or led by Daniel in Babylonia or Babylon. Um, and this was how they knew this star would be a sign that the king of the Jews was born. But one thing we can say about these Magi is they actually could see into the spiritual. They didn't just see the natural. They didn't just see a normal child. Because when they got to Jesus, they fell down and they worshipped him. And then they gave the most prophetic gifts. So we know that definitely they could see into the spiritual. And they didn't just see him as a, a ruler of the Jews, but they saw him as God. So these guys knew what they were talking about. This gift they gave myrrh was a fulfillment of the prophecy that was spoken about Jesus by the prophet Isaiah. And I want to read it for you, and it will be up here on the screen. Uh, it's from Isaiah 53, verse 5, and it says this, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. And myrrh talks about the sacrifice, obviously the fact that it was talking about embalming, that Jesus one day would die for his people, or for all people, and also that picture of the anointing oil before a sacrifice. Um, this prophecy of Isaiah talks about the fact that Jesus went to the cross to die for us, for everything that we'd done wrong, and to give us a new life, and to heal us from the effects of sin and separation from God. And it is such a beautiful exchange, the gospel. The fact that each one of us messes up, we fall short of God's moral standard, his perfection. And we don't, because of Jesus, we don't receive the penalty for that, but we receive the credit for his perfect life when we receive him. And that is the gospel that, that Merce speaks about, the beautiful exchange. Um, and that's the thing, is, is Jesus received myrrh, this prophecy that he would have to die for us one day. And yet, we know that through that, we receive healing. And this morning, I just wanted to give a bit of a, an overview of the gifts, the fact that there's a wonderful prophetic progression with the gifts of Jesus. Because the first gift that the wise men or magi presented was, of course, the gift of gold. And that speaks about Jesus's kingship, his kingdom, his righteousness, peace, and joy, his kingdom that was coming. The second uh, gift that they gave, frankincense, speaks about Jesus's priesthood, the fact that he can actually stand before God and intercede for his people. And the people of Israel had never had a perfect king. They'd always had a king who would represent them before God, who had failings, who would always morally fade it. Even David, which Ricky spoke about this morning, David had many moral failings in his life. Jesus is the only perfect king, and through his priesthood, we have that benefit. But if you just have the gold and the frankincense, they seem like amazing gifts. They're very expensive. They're, they're amazing, the, the kingship and the, and the priesthood. But without the myrrh, without the sacrifice of Jesus, we have no part of it. And with the kingship, we're actually on the, on the wrong side of Jesus' kingship. We're his enemies. And the priesthood, we have no part of it. We have to meet the perfect standard of the law, which none of us can do.
So the beautiful thing when you see myrrh in light of the other gifts is that myrrh, this perfect sacrifice that Jesus did, the fact that he would go to die one day, die on the cross, and then three days later become resurrected, come to life again to show that God had received the sacrifice. Through that, we have access to all of those things. And oftentimes we think, what do we need in this world? What is the thing we need most in this world? And I think, you know, we obviously have practical needs. You know, you think about things like Maslow's Triangle, where it talks about the basic needs, food, shelter. And these are basic needs. But I want to put to you this morning that I believe sometimes our spiritual needs are even greater than anything physical. Obviously, we need the physical day-to-day, but we have some deep spiritual needs, and I want to talk about those this morning. Well, the first thing we have is we have a deep spiritual need for deliverance. Everyone in this world, no matter how rich you are, no matter how comfy you are, has a problem with the problem of evil. Evil is a real thing, and the, and the funny thing is even atheists believe in evil because they keep on talking about the problem of evil. So I think that's kind of funny. Um, but, but each one of us can, and I, I say that not derogatory. I mean, people, obviously, they have questions about the problem of evil, but everyone can acknowledge that evil is around us, that people make mistakes. There is such a thing as right and wrong. And we need deliverance from this. And we can't do this deliverance in our own strength. We can throw as much resources as, 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 as we have at it. It'll never solve the problem. And for this need of deliverance, it's Jesus' kingship that meets this need because only through his invading kingdom. That's why when John announced Jesus, he said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that's what Jesus was saying is his kingdom is coming here to set people free from the kingdom of darkness. And that's the beautiful thing, is that gold sets us free from that kingdom, and we are part of it. And the same authority Jesus has, as believers, he gives to us, which is beautiful. The second need we have on the spiritual side is forgiveness. Each one of us, every day, even after we come to know Jesus and become a new creation, We constantly make mistakes against God, our relationship with God and other people. Through Jesus' intercession, through his priesthood, he meets that need for forgiveness, to actually have total forgiveness. In the human sense, we have this idea of forgiveness, I'll, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. It's not true forgiveness. With God, he forgives and he forgets. He wipes the slate clean. And the beautiful thing about forgiveness is that I was just thinking about Christmas this year, people getting so upset with each other on the roads. The beautiful thing is, is God came to restore our relationship with him, but not just, just ourselves and him. He came to restore every single human relationship because relationships are restored through forgiveness. And that's why the Lord's Prayer says, forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. God wants you to forgive every person, to let go whatever you have against them. And he wants all those relationships restored. And that can only happen through the priesthood of Christ. And then we have this this idea that we need healing. That's a, a massive need. All of us have a brokenness from being separated from God, from the effects of our sin. And I know, you know, talking about 
in our secular world, things like sometimes sin or, or evil, you know, we think, well, what's right for you might be not right for me. I, I promise you, you know, there are set standards to that, and there's a brokenness that comes from being separated from God. And we see that effects in the world. We see that in the human heart. And only through myrrh, through the sacrifice of Jesus, can that be truly healed. Do we actually get given, you know, a heart of stone is taken out and a heart of flesh is put in. So that's why for me, those gifts are so beautiful because they give a a holistic view of the ministry of Jesus that meets every single need that we have. But as I say, myrrh is so key, that sacrifice of Jesus is so key to making it available to each one of us. For me, what's so sad about this story is, as I say, the wise men had a spiritual perspective, but not everyone had a spiritual perspective. If we look at Herod in the story, the king they asked directions from, his eyes were firmly focused on the natural. Here was Jesus, this amazing king that could probably set him free in his life, and he totally missed it because he was worried about his kingship. His eyes were on the natural. And it's so sad that he actually ended up committing a massive atrocity trying to stop Jesus because he thought it was going to threaten his kingship. He thought someone was going to take away his natural kingship, which was not the idea at all. And for me, what's so sad is that in our world, you know, when we celebrate Christmas, is we have all these amazing things in the natural. And not to say they're bad, you know, giving gifts, time with family, you know, uh, rejoicing. You know, we can have all these amazing things in the natural. But the best part of it, the spiritual gift that Jesus was, most of the world misses it, or a lot of people miss it. And it even has got to the stage where people are actually writing Xmas and trying to take Jesus out of Christmas. Even places overseas where they're not even allowed to show a cross on Christmas tree, uh, on not Christmas trees, oh goodness, uh, on Christmas cards. Um, I'd like to see you know, on a Christmas tree, but anyway. But it's terrible that the fact is they're trying to be so tolerant of different cultures that, that they've actually removed crosses off Christmas cards. And tolerance is a good thing. We should always respect people's culture and where they come from and their beliefs and their right to choose those beliefs. We should always respect that. But there's the matter of truth and who Jesus was. And the best part of who Jesus was is the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh talking about his amazing ministry that radically transforms our lives and the world's life. So I want to encourage you this morning. My encouragement, I'm not going to be long. I'm just going to end off basically now. But my encouragement to you this Christmas is don't leave the best gift unopened under the tree. Jesus is the best gift. His life and what we have is the best gift. Yes, it's amazing to spend time with your family, to have gifts, to be generous, to enjoy Christmas, to relax. But I promise you, your needs of forgiveness, deliverance, and, um, you know, uh, healing, he's the only one that can truly meet those things. And if you've never opened that gift, I want to encourage you this morning, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's the day to do it. It's crazy hearing about the story of 
of, of Christmas and knowing about it on a head level but never experiencing the new life that Jesus gives. I want to encourage you, if that's you today, then, then say yes to Jesus. And it's a simple way of turning from your own way and saying, yes, Lord, I will follow you and confessing that he's Lord. But also, I think that, you know, for us that have been Christians for a while, we almost get the gift and we look at it and we go, oh, that's amazing. And we put it on the shelf and then we get busy with the, the days, you know, we get busy with life. And there's nothing wrong with things in life. Things have to happen. But we don't want to be like Herod where it's almost we work in the natural. We want to be like the wise men where we see the spiritual. Because once everything is sorted in the spiritual, things seem to work their way out in the natural. And the healing, the deliverance, the um, forgiveness of Jesus is something that constantly works in our lives. And it should happen in greater measures. And then once it transforms your life more and more, you give it to other people. So I want to encourage you today, if, you, if you're feeling in any way like, you know, maybe stagnant in your faith, or you feel like when you first received Jesus, you're on fire, but now things have petered out. Take the time this Christmas to meditate on the gift and let God in to radically fire you up again and to give you new hope with this. Because I believe that God has called us to live in a greater measure each and every day, to walk in more Christ-likeness. So that is the gift that we have for Christmas, is the gift of Jesus. And I, I know that Jesus is just, I just had such a sense this morning um, with God when I was just spent a little bit of time in between my, my daughter screaming and feeding her milk. But she, uh, you know, Jesus basically, he just said his arms are open and it's not about trying harder. It's about surrendering more to him and getting more hungry for him and he will do the work in your life. So I'm gonna pray for us now and then we're gonna finish off. But I just wanna ask that if you feel that God has been speaking to you this morning, that you just in your heart say yes to him. And, and just open that door for him to do what he wants to do, the gift of Jesus, the gift of the person who he is. So won't you bow your heads with me while I just pray for us. Father, I just thank you that, um, you know, just for the amazing gift that you came down as Jesus Christ and you died for us on the cross so that we could experience your amazing kingship as the perfect king setting us free from all kinds of evil and that you could be the perfect priest interceding for us from he in heaven, that we could be in your presence and know you personally. Thank you so much that you came on this mission to rescue us. And God, we want to live in that revelation more and more each day. So I thank you, Lord, for just radically coming and doing in our hearts the work that you want to do. And thank you just for an amazing time of celebration this Christmas. Thank you for your, for your protection and your joy over us. And I just pray for all the families represented here. Thank you that you will be at the center and that you will do amazing work of reconciling, bringing families together, and your blessing running through them. So God, we just thank you that we can celebrate just your amazing, you know, that you came to earth on Christmas Day. And thank you for everything you do each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.